praying for that. Father, we say yes to that. We know this is a word for our house, that if we make room, you will fill that room. So God, I ask that you would give us, uh, enlarge the capacity of our hearts to make room for you. All right, here, here's what we got to do. We've got to push some things out right now. And this is, this is called repentance. Repentance is when we make room for God. Repentance is when we change the way we think about our lives and we change the way we think about a specific thing and we turn to the Lord. And so if God is being crowded out of your life or if there's not more room for him, then the Lord wants to create some space right now. And I'm not going to linger on this very long. I just want to pray into it, whether it's uh, on, on Facebook or here in the room. We want to make room for him. So we're going to ask, I'm going to pray. Holy Spirit, I ask that you would come. You were the great investigator. And the song says, investigate my life. God, we ask for you. David prayed, search me, O God. See if there's anything in me. And I'm going to change it for, my, for, for what we're doing right now. Search me, O God, and see if there's anything that's choking out your space. Search me, O God, and see if there's anything you would like to move out so you can move in. Hmm. Search me, Holy Spirit. If he showed you something, take care of it today. Take care of it now. You're like, well, it's not that easy. It is that easy. Make the choice. Deal with the consequences afterwards. When the Lord says to do something, we don't figure out the, the pathway. Like, I'll, I'll say this about the future of the church. Like, it, it's a big thing that we've done, but I don't know all the steps. I just know when the Lord says to do something, I move, and he'll help me figure it out as we go. Like, I don't know. I wish I had all the answers and all the solutions. And... Uh, for every area of my life. But I know when the Lord tells me to move, I'm going to move and I'm just going to trust him. So if the Lord's showing you something right now, don't say, oh, I got to readjust. Don't think about any readjusting your life. It's not, it's not the time for that. The time is just say, God, I'm going to make room for you. I say, yes. Then let him readjust our values in our life. Amen. 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 Don't try to figure it all out. Just say, I make room for you. You know, along those lines, how many of you found some space during this time when we were all at home and we were uh, locked out of our jobs and we were basically working from home and you found some space for things that you've forgotten? Like for us, it was family games. Like we used to talk about, we loved to play family games and do stuff. Our life became soccer was the only thing that we did that was fun together or frisbee golf. And then now we've, we've made room for playing games and, and even our son's they bring it up, like, hey, we're playing game tonight, we're playing dominoes tonight. Like, are we playing? We found space that we didn't know we had time for. Yeah. And, and it's amazing. When you just make the choice, then it readjusts all the values. You know, years ago, we had that, the revelation, if you get the top button of your shirt correct, then all the other buttons will line up in place. Yeah. It's Matthew 6.33, seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and then everything else will fall into place. So we declare that over this house right now, that everything's going to fall into place as we seek you first, we put you first. In Jesus' name, amen. amen. I want to I celebrate just a word that's stirring up inside of me real quick. Turn to 1 Corinthians chapter 2. First Corinthians chapter two, we'll start with verse uh, nine. 
Now, years ago, years ago, there was a prophecy over my life that I didn't understand. I still don't fully understand it. But I do know that the Lord has specifically called me toward a, a path, and I have to stay on that path. And that path is to explore everything that the Holy Spirit has made available to us. I want to know, like if, <clears throat> if God said, you can have anything you ask for. How many remember that, that Jesus said, ask for anything in my name and I will give it to you. Like if, if Jesus, if God through his word, if Jesus, when he was on the earth, made these open-ended invitations, it's my responsibility to explore, okay, I can ask for anything, I can have anything if it's according to your will, if it's in alignment with, with your values, well, then I think I need to start asking for some things. And so as we begin to go down that path, I begin to think differently. The Lord told me um, years ago, it's probably, probably eight or 10 years ago now, he, he said, you don't ever ask me for anything. And that, that's a dangerous way to live because either it says, I don't think if I ask, you'll give it to me, or it says, I got it myself. Well, I don't need to ask for help. I got this. Both of those things are not, not the way to live for God, right? And so the Lord wants us to ask him. He said, if, if you ask for fish, I'm not going to give you a serpent. If you ask for bread, I'm not going to give you a stone. And so this is the way God deals with us. And so he said, Jared, you don't ask, us for, ask me for things. I was like, I ask you for stuff all the time. And you've, you've heard me tell this. But, and he's like, no, you ask things for other people. You ask for God to do things for all these other people, but you don't even ask for yourself. And he, he asked me the question. He said, do you think there's a problem with that? And so it began this journey where I realized I didn't ask God for stuff. And whether it was because I didn't think he would give it to me because I've asked for things and didn't get it, I want to stop there. Raise your hand if you've ever asked God for something and he didn't do it for you. Guess what? That's okay. Did you know that it is okay for us to ask God and believe God for things and it not happen? It's okay. It's actually good for us because there's, there's something that he's inviting us in to understand. And so it's okay. So whether it was because I didn't get what I asked for or because I, I got this on my own, I'll make my own waves, I'll make my own life, then the Lord started taking me on a journey. And that's why we, you know, three years ago or so now, or two and a half, whenever it was, we came up with the Awaken Your Ask. That came out of that season of my life. Like, if you knew who I was, you would ask me. And so in that process, he began to tell me that the Holy Spirit is the key to my inheritance. Like, in the church, we talk about God. We talk about Jesus. We mention the Holy Spirit. He's a little bit strange. We're, you know, he's fringy, especially in some churches. He's like, okay, we, we baptize you in the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit, but that's as far as we go with the Spirit. There's this whole side of God that manifests through his Spirit that we need to know, and he is the one who releases to us our inheritance. The way I know that is because Jesus said, I have to leave so that he can come. And when he comes, he's going, to he's going to give you, he's going to remind you who I am and what I said, and he's going to release to you everything that I said you're going to have. The Holy Spirit is the one who releases to us our inheritance. So if you and I are trying to have a Christian walk without the Holy Spirit's involvement, then we're struggling and we're striving. Do you feel like you're struggling in your life? 
Do you feel like you're striving? Have you said recently, man, why is everything so difficult? Invite the Holy Spirit in. And the reason I know that he's the key is because in Zechariah, there's this great, this great word that says, it's not by might. It's not by power or you can use that word power. It means influence. It means authority. It means, it means um, you've, you've conquered some things and so you have a reputation of positivity. It comes into the equation. It's not even by our, our past victories or the skins we have on our wall. It's not by might. It's not by power, but it's only by his spirit. And he says, says the Lord. So the way I know that if I'm striving, if I'm struggling in my life, the, the, the first thing I need to do and the first thing I do in my process is say, Holy Spirit, have I invited you in? Have I kicked you out somewhere? Have I grieved you? Have I grieved you? You know, the, the, the word says, don't grieve the Holy Spirit. And, and we learned this many years ago, but you grieve the Holy Spirit or we grieve the Holy Spirit when we do something we know we shouldn't do. We grieve him. And then we quench the spirit when we don't do the good we know to do. And so if I'm experiencing strife in my life, I, I, the first thing I do is I ask, Holy Spirit, where are you? Where did I leave you? Are you available? Or am I striving for a completely different reason? Let's have a talk. But I need to know where are you, Holy Spirit, because I know that you make things work. The Holy Spirit is an activating agent. He activates your life. He activates your prayers. He activates your faith. He activates the reward of your obedience. Are are y'all here? Holy Spirit activates the reward that comes from your obedience. Like he is waiting to just do and activate the things that God wants to do in our lives. It's Holy Spirit and he wants to release to us our inheritance. And we have a great inheritance. Yes, we do. We have a great inheritance. So let's close this thought out with 1 Corinthians chapter 2, verse 9. And it says, as it is written... Eye has not seen. Would you read that with me? Eye has not seen. Ear has not heard. Nor has it entered into the heart of man. And then listen to this part. The things which God has prepared for those who love him. He's prepared them. He's fashioned them. She opened the service. Jess did. He prepares a table for us before our enemies. He prepares it. Now what do you do when you host people at your house? You make preparations. You clean the places that are most visible. <laughs> you set the table. You set out your, your, your furniture. You do the things. That, so people, when they come in, they know that you've been making room for them. You prepared for them. You get your food ready. You get whatever it is ready for them because you're communicating to them. I made a space for you. And so God goes before us and prepares a table for us. He prepares uh, the future for us, things that we can't even dream of. He's prepared them for us so that when we walk by faith, come on. When we take each step that a righteous man takes, come on, that are ordered by God. When we arrive where he wants us to, we look up and the overwhelming thing that should hit us is, God went before me and was thinking about me and was being hospitable and thinking of everything that I love. He even decorated with my favorite color. He cooked my favorite meal. He prepared this for me because he knew I would get here and he wanted me to know I was thinking about you before you ever got on this journey. Come on. Oh, 
the good things he has prepared for those who love him. How do I get there? I just keep loving him. Just keep loving Jesus. Young people, kids, just love Jesus. Seriously, Josiah, just fall in love with Jesus. So how do we know these great things he's prepared for us? It says, God has revealed them to us by whom? Holy Spirit. How do I know my inheritance? How do I know the great things God has laid before me, has prepared for me? He's the most thoughtful gift giver. He's the most thoughtful father who prepares things for us. How do I know what those things are? The Holy Spirit will lead me and reveal them to me. He said he's the spirit of truth. He will lead us and guide us into all truth. He will take us where we're supposed to be. You don't know where you're supposed to go. Invite the Holy Spirit. He will guide you. And he will guide you into a place that you could not have even dreamed of. Your eyes haven't even seen. Your ears haven't heard. It has not even entered, entered into your heart the good that God has for you. And then it says that the Spirit searches all things. He even searches the deep places of God. For what man knows the things of man except the spirit of man, which is in him? Like, you don't know my thoughts. You don't know how I'm really feeling. Like, sometimes we try to read people's minds, and I can't read someone else's mind. I think I'm pretty good sometimes, and it's an arrogant thing to think that I can read someone else's minds or motive. Only the Holy Spirit and the spirit inside of a man or woman can understand their motives, right? But God does know. And then he says this, no one knows the things of God except the spirit of God. If you're confused about your future right now and you're like, I don't know what the future holds. Well, I know someone who does know. Yes. The Holy Spirit knows. Yes, he does. The Holy Spirit knows all that, has, that, that is in God's heart for us. He knows everything that has been prepared for us because it says it right here. No one knows the things of God except the Spirit of God. And then listen to this great promise. Now we have received... Are y'all there? Not the spirit of the world. Come on, say, not the spirit of the world. Which right now is the Antichrist spirit, is a chaos spirit. If you sense chaos, it's not of God. Follow where peace is. All right? But now we have received not the spirit of this world, but the spirit who is from God, that we might know the things that have been freely given to us by God. Why do we need the spirit? So we can know what he has freely given to us. Are you okay? Amen. These things we also speak, not in words from man's wisdom and, and teachings, but that which is taught by the Holy Spirit. He will teach us. How many need a teacher? I do. Yes, come on. Forever. I need to be a pupil. I need to be a student. I don't need to think I've ever arrived and think that I've got it all figured out on any subject in life. You know, we joke in our home that that saying, this is not my first rodeo, is one of the most arrogant statements we say. This ain't my first rodeo. <laughs> I, I love the Native American proverb. I've shared it before, but it says, you never step into the same river two times. The river's never the same as it was the last time you stepped in it, and you're not the same man as you were last time you stepped into it. So to think that I, oh, I got this figured out and I don't need a, a guide or a teacher to, to show me, no way. I have to have the Holy Spirit. It's not by might. Come on. It's not by my past victories and my power. It's only by his spirit, says the Lord. 
Oh, man. And then it says the Holy Spirit compares spiritual things to spiritual things. <laughs> right now, it feels like we're trying to apply physical solutions to spiritual problems. And we need to assess spiritual things with spiritual things. We need to see with different eyes. The solutions to everything in your life and my life and in the world's uh, atmosphere right now, the solutions will not come from the natural world. The solutions will not come from the educational world. The solutions will not come from the political world. The solutions will not come by a Facebook or social media uh, influencer. The solutions will not come by what worked in the past. The solutions will only come through spiritual things, Amen. period. And this is the natural man does not receive these things. And that's the war you feel in our world right now. There is a church that's rising up, man. The church is rising up in power and authority and is declaring and speaking the word of God. And there is a spiritual warfare going on right now where the world system is saying, I don't want spiritual solutions. We want to be left as we are. Yeah. And that's the war we feel. It's not between right or left in politics. It's not at all between that. It is a spiritual war that we are in. And right now, the enemy does not want to hear spiritual solutions Amen. because it doesn't make sense to them. Yeah. Spiritual things don't even make sense. It says they're foolishness to them. They think we're the fools because we believe in Jesus Christ. They think we're the fools because we say, oh, we'll offer our prayers and thoughts for you. I, I can't tell you, all oh, thoughts and prayers, all oh, that's what you got for the victims. Yeah, prayer really is an important thing. It matters. And it sounds foolish to the world. The church, pfft. The church is so full of problems itself. How can the church offer solutions? I, don't, I, don't, I, I understand, but I know that the Bible says that the church was here to bring the solutions. All right, we're closing it out. They don't understand them, nor can they, because they're only spiritually discerned. But he who is spiritual judges all things. So if we can walk in the Spirit, then we can discern all all things appropriately we can see things more clearly and then it says he himself will not be judged by anyone and it's speaking of the world system versus the spiritual system and then i'm going to end with this and we'll close it out and he quotes the scripture back from from a prophecy that says who has known the mind of god who can understand him that we may, that we may instruct him and he finishes with this great promise and i want you to read it with me that last verse verse 16 you there? But we have the mind of Christ. You say that with me. We have the mind of Christ. Come on. Ah. All right, here, here it is. Fire life, new way to do life. If you're in, an, in a situation and you need solutions, you need answers, and you have not stopped and said, hey, God, Holy Spirit, what do you think about this thing? Then we should close our mouths. We should seek the wisdom from God. If I don't know, it's better that I, even prophets put their hands over their mouth in the Bible. 
You're like, I don't want to speak right now because my words are powerful, and if I don't know, I'm not going to speak. So if you're living your life right now and you, you don't know what to do and you haven't sought the wisdom of God, Amen. this is what David did. He inquired of the Lord, it says. Say inquire. inquire. In- inquiring minds want to know. Uh, yeah. Say that with me. Inquiring minds want to know. So if I don't know, there is a place I can go where I can know. And if I don't go in that place, then I'm being lazy. And I'm doing this to God. It's like the three doors. Like he said, some doors are really wide open. Some are a little bit open. Some are closed. And he's coming with, to bring gifts and surprises and whatever it is to, to fill the space. And it, it determines on whether I've invited him in or not. Ask for his wisdom. Ask for God's wisdom in every situation. If you're facing a a circumstance and your your heart and your mind are screaming at you uh, to go one way, but then your spirit man is saying, just trust me, then let's learn how to quiet our heart and our mind and surrender our spirit to the Lord until our heart and mind lines up with him. It's really important we learn to do this going forward. Last time I say, once you stand, that way it makes me end. <laughs> if you ever want me to stop preaching, just all stand up. I'll think it's time to close, and that's it. Oh, hey, I just let you let you in on a secret. <laughs> I don't even know what I was going to say. That's good. There is nothing off limits that God has for us. He has given us access to everything. The Bible says he will withhold no good thing from us. He will withhold nothing from us. And I know that as we continue in the future, there, there, the Bible says, and this is what I was going to say. Thank you, Lord. The Bible says that, the, that even, the, <laughs> even the wise can be fooled in the end times or deceived if it's, if it's possible. Even people that have known God can be deceived because of the atmosphere of the times unless they anchor themselves to Jesus and unless they invite the spirit of truth, which is the Holy Spirit, into their lives. Now, I need him to anchor me. I need him to lead me into the future. I need him to lead me to the place he's prepared for me. You know, we say this a lot. I don't want to go anywhere that that he hasn't prepared for me. I don't want to take any street. I don't want to take any journey or any path that the Lord didn't lay for me. I don't want to walk on any street that God didn't lay before me. And if that means I have to stop until I know which path to take, then I'm going to stop and I'm going to pause. See, that's something David learned too. You see it all through the Psalms. You see that word selah, S-E-L-A-H. It means to pause in the presence. And David learned that when he would get into the presence of God, instead of rushing here and rushing there, he would just quiet his soul. He would make room for the wisdom of God, and he would pause. And I'm telling you right now that there's power in the pause. There's power in that waiting for him. So, Father, we come to you now, and every one of us. Come on, this is the altar time. We ask for you to help us to make space for the Holy Spirit in our lives. We need the spirit of wisdom and revelation. We know that you have given us access to the mind of Christ. We can know your thoughts. We can know your ways. We can walk on that path toward what you have prepared for us. God, I know that we will end up where we're supposed to be. 
because Holy Spirit is our guide. Would you ask Holy Spirit to be your guide? Just ask him. Holy Spirit, be my guide. Holy Spirit, be my leader. Direct me, teach me, instruct me. Ask him, Holy Spirit, instruct me as I sleep. Make me look smarter than I am, Holy Spirit. I like that one. Make me look smarter than I am, Holy Spirit. It's not by might. It's not by striving. It's not by power. It's not by what I can do. It's by His Spirit. So I ask that you would baptize us again in your Holy Spirit. If it's been a long time since you've spoken in tongues... Go for it. Come on. Thank you, Jesus. Yeah, the whole whole day was ordained by God. Jess didn't know she was open until like two minutes before service. She opens up with, he prepares before me a table in the presence of my enemies. Kyle didn't know what I was going to speak. I didn't know until this morning which sermon I was going to speak on. And we sing, Holy Spirit, you are welcome here. The Lord ordained today for us to get something into our hearts, into our heads, that we need the Holy Spirit. Would you just stretch your hand towards someone close to you? If you're with family, hold hands, put your arm around them, and ask for a baptism of the Holy Spirit. God, I pray that my sons are filled with the Holy Spirit. Come here, Joe. Come here, Matthias. Three signs that you're filled with the Holy Spirit, right? Number one, you will be filled with boldness, to do bold things, to preach the gospel with boldness. Number two, you'll be filled with with power, which is the fruit of the Spirit, love, joy, peace, kindness, patience, meekness, temperance, self-control. And you will also be filled with the gifts of the Spirit, right? Prophecy, tongues, interpretation of tongues, the gift of faith, miracles, signs, wonders, all of those things discernment. And then the third thing is you'll, you'll speak in tongues. Like it'll be a sign. It'll become your prayer language. There are sometimes I don't know what to do. I just pray in tongues. You're like, well, you, it it seems foolish. It's fine. God knows. Like, and, and it, and it, they have actually, scientists found that when people are praying in tongues, that it actually does something to the mind and to the body. It's, it's healing. And so you need those, you need the Holy Spirit in your life. We can't do it without him. So be baptized with the Holy Spirit. Every one of you, come on. Well, we love you. We're so glad you came. If you have your ties, see Rodney Shagoon. Um, we bless you and your family. Enjoy. If you have the day off tomorrow, enjoy the day off. Relax. Catch your, catch your breath. Do something fun. Laugh together. And um, we'll see you again next Sunday. 